0: Well, welcome everyone to our 10.30 service and welcome to our CRC National Missions Day. And um, we've got a jam-packed uh, service this morning, so um, if we miss our place and got to backtrack, please forgive us, but um, I think we're all clued up and ready to fire. Um, but please, and um, up over your nose and under your chin, and that way they're more effective. And um, so I'm gonna welcome up Erin now. She's gonna start us off in prayer. Um, Together we're praying for a number of points across this nation. So thanks Erin. And then I'll ask Pastor Micah to come and share a scripture.
1: Um, Morning church. Dear Lord, thank you for the privilege to meet together this morning and celebrate missions in uh, amidst all the challenges that prevent us from getting here. Thank you that you meet us where we are and for the opportunity to partner with you and share the gospel in the local community and also to the nations. We pray specifically for our missionaries overseas um, during this pandemic. Be their strength, their comforter and fill them daily with the passion to serve you. We also pray for our workers, our families, our communities, particularly in developing countries, for their spiritual and mental health, for safety and protection during medical and political instability. May believers be strengthened, uplifted, and for God's miraculous intervention on their behalf, who is not bound by any earthly limitations. Finally, we pray for God to move amongst us for a spiritual awakening in all our hearts, that we will experience the power of the cross in our own lives. Open our eyes to see the extent of the mission field on our own doorstep for evangelism and cross-cultural mission in our own communities, our towns, and our cities. Praise be to you, Father God.
2: Amen. It's Mission Sunday. Amen. So we get to focus on missions and the mission of the church. And I'm just going to read a a short passage of Scripture, and you're probably going to hear this a number of times today. But uh, I think the more we hear it, hopefully it prompts us to move into missions, even in our own fields. Amen? I'm reading from Matthew 28, in verse 18 through to verse 20. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And it reads, And Jesus came and said to them, Go. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Particularly when we come around a Sunday where we focus on missions, we have our own sphere of influence, So even just beyond my influence in my workplace or my influence in my school or my influence in my community or in my family. We look outside of that. The commission was not only given for few, it was given for all. all of us to speak life and to to speak the gospel and share the gospel in every realm of influence that we are a part of so i'm just going to pray this morning and as we pray over the scripture and as you pray over the scripture over our lives i'm praying that we as a body would see the mission field not only overseas not only in some of the areas that we're going to focus on today but we would see the mission field on our doorsteps. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being able to be called sons and daughters of the living God. Lord, we don't take that lightly, and as you call us to go in your scriptures, dear Father, we pray that, Lord, we wouldn't look at going as something that has to happen over in another nation or over in another town, dear Father, but we would see go as something that can happen with our neighbors. We could hear the word go when it comes to talking to someone in the shopping center who we see is having a bad day. We can hear the word go when we're walking through Kmart or we're walking through Woolworths, dear Father, walking down the aisles and we see that someone is just noticeably going through a hard time. Would we hear your word go? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to partner with you in your co-mission. Lord, we just, uh, just, we just pray that you would embolden us, encourage us. Lord, lift us up, Lord, and call us to be the people that you are wanting us to be, a people who would go. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Okie dokie. Um, I also ask us as a congregation to pray for two people specifically. Um, one is for Julia Love. Uh, as you know, we support Julia and uh, she's been a missionary in Bolivia and Mozambique and many countries around the world. She's actually um, just going through some medical issues at the moment, especially with her kidneys and that. And uh, so if we can pray for her should be healed and returned to health and also uh for the family of um pastor alapati pastor alapati was um, the national director for the crc in the country of fiji um, unfortunately last week he succumbed to um to COVID and has passed away uh so we're going to pray this morning um for the family boiler and and the children his son and daughter for the church there in Suva uh, That they can rally together and come together And uh, just get through this uh, sad time the Bible says to mourn with those that mourn And rejoice with those that rejoice Well this morning let's mourn with um, those that have lost a loved father and husband um, As we come together Heavenly Father, we we'll just pray for Julia Lord, as uh, she's just undergoing some health issues Father, uh, they're telling us it's with the kidneys but Lord, we know it doesn't matter where it is in the body. Father, your hand is not too short that it can't reach. And, Lord, we just pray health over Julia right now in the name of Jesus. We pray full restoration of um, her kidneys and any other organs that are affected by this uh, health condition. And, Lord, we just thank you that she'll return to full health and keep doing what you have called her to do in the kingdom of God. Amen. And, Lord, we pray for... Um, Boyla Lord and the family of Pastor Alapati Lord and the church in Suva Father that um, they come together and be united Lord in their grief but also in rejoicing and celebrating the life of Pastor Alapati Lord how he's able to Lord influence um, not only Suva but the whole country of Fiji Lord through his dedication to the kingdom work through the CRC in Fiji And Lord, we thank you for um, the legacy he has left. And Lord, that he's able to just now uh, rejoice with you in your presence. Lord, in heavenly places, as the uh, Lord receives the reward of his faith, and his commitment to his Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, well, uh, we're uh, action-packed this morning. so. I just really want to commend our guys um, at the back. Give us a wave, guys. Our IT and Woo. our sound and data guys, and you know, uh, sometimes we put a bit of pressure on, but they always come through and um, they add to the flavour of our service. So we're looking forward to that. So um, the CRC, um, we're a, a movement that um, is dedicated to mission. So if I could just get that first slide up. So across the nation today, um, we're all celebrating mission, and uh, specifically overseas mission. And so from that first slide, you can see, um, now this is from 2016, so it's a little old, but it's the latest I could find. Um, you'll see where we actually have active missionaries. Uh, so you see uh, Australia in the red, and just above it you see the, the biggest um, gathering of missionaries um, in uh, the Papua New Guinea and up through the Philippines and Sri Lanka and India. Okay, we see a lot of uh, work being done in that area. Um, We also see, sorry, is that me or, what am I doing? No, (laughs) not that. Like that. <laughs> um, so you can see also uh, in Africa, there's a lot of work going on in Africa uh, and up in, the, up in the North America's uh, and also in the South America's we have something and we're directly involved uh, in Brazil as you know and uh, so our whole next slide please guys so a presence in every nation by the centenars um, in our missionary endeavours they're training and sending a lot of missionaries especially to places like India um, and you know, the Philippines and all those areas and so let us be mindful of these guys Okay, next, next slide Okay, we as a church this is what we have done in the area of mission so far this year Okay, we've sent $6,000 to our missionary partners all right, and we've got still about another 10,000 to send for the rest of this year. So well done there, guys. Um, we continually encourage and support approximately 20 to 10 to 20 church planters and missionaries in foreign nations. Now, the majority of that is through um, the work of the World Missions Faith Training Centre in, um, in Siliguri, okay, uh, where we personally support the work being done there with Pastor James and Mary. Uh, and so there's a lot of uh, sending out from that centre out into places like Bangladesh and Nepal and those surrounding countries uh, around the, the north, northeast of, of India. Okay, next one. Um, and this is what we can do, alright? I know you're sitting there and you're saying, what can I do? Alright, I knew that. So this is what we can do, alright? Stay with me, this is what I can do. Okay, you guys are always getting it. Okay. This is what I can do. I can continue to pray for the nations. All right, and if you want specifics on that, then come and see the missions team. See uh, Meredith or myself or anyone on the mission team and they can give you specifics. Um, Continue to support our missionaries financially. All right, become a member of the missions team. And here's a radical idea. Become a missionary yourself. Okay, sounds good. And then we'll talk about pathway to missions a bit later in the service. Alright, next slide guys. Oh, there it is, pathway to missions. Might be prophetic or something, I'll tell you. Alright, keep going. Next next slide. That's all of it? Alright. There you go. I'm that one. But anyway, it's all good. And I put this slideshow together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know you're forgiving a lot. So um, yeah, pathway to missions. So just, uh, that's what we're involved in and that's what we can still, still do. Um, so I'm going to uh, now just give you a, a bit of an overview of uh, some of the work in India. If you want to throw that up and just give you an idea of what's happening.
3: morning. So on the 5th and 6th of June, um, several of us went up to Orange to participate in Pathway to Missions. Pathway to Missions is a new initiative that um, Pastor Barry and Pastor Jeremy Steele and Mike Cronin and others in the CRC are putting together to get missions moving. Again, it's um, our church hasn't stopped and we're we're proud of that. We are one of the um, really, really active churches in the missions um, area. But they're trying to encourage more people to participate in missions and get all churches of the CRC on board. So the thing that we went to on the 5th and 6th of June was part one in what they're calling a, a four-part pathway to missions. So... That first session was a Missions Connect an online training which consisted of a Friday night, a Saturday and a Sunday morning. We skipped the Sunday morning but that's because we're so advanced we didn't need to stay for that bit. Part two of the Missions Pathway is missionary training intensive. Mmm, intensive. Part three, missionary exposure, a one to three month short term missions trip and part four, further training on missionary service. So we're very fortunate here. We've been talking about missions for ages and I've had the pleasure and the privilege and the honour of participating in missions since we came to here in 2011 from the Territory. Um, I, I love that our church is really active in missions, but I want to encourage everyone else to think about what your ...your knowledge of missions is and what you might want to to make that in the future. Um, Personally, I'm dying to spring out of Australia and go somewhere again. I don't know about you. Missions trips are totally awesome. Um, Kind of challenging. uh, Kind of embarrassing. You learn a lot about yourself. It's different from travelling in in other sorts of ways... ...as a tourist or as an adventure tourist or as an eco-tourist... But it's really, really exciting. So hopefully um, it won't be too long before we can consider short-term missions trips again. Um, Come along to our missions team too. We're having a lot of fun. Um, We're learning stuff. Um, I I nearly started balling again when I saw the the work in India. That's where we went with Pastor James and Amy and Sandy um, a few years ago. had a complete ball. I mean, the other sort of ball. Um, sorry, <laughs> but um, in that video we saw the they're the students that we we were sitting around laughing and playing with. We and we did some teaching. Um, we really were were totally blessed on that trip, and it was only two weeks, but it, you know it it had a huge impact. So I'd really like to to encourage everyone to think about your involvement in missions. Um, the the next one for the the part one thing, the Connect and online training. Um, they were just about to have another one of those in Victoria, and unfortunately it's been cancelled. But keep an eye out for these things and have a look on the website as well, um, the CRC website. There's really good stuff there. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Meredith. act like that. <laughs> I know. I said you do it in a wool shed, you should. Oh. Yeah.
4: Um, Look, I've been fortunate enough to do two mission trips, one to India for three weeks. That was back in 2000, and to Brazil in 19, wasn't it? And um, Pastor Rodney asked me, you know, what was something that stood out? And you have to say every time, it's the people. Um, You know, in India, there's a few experiences I just want to share. In India, they, they grew up in a very spiritual culture. The Hindu culture is very very spiritual you know it's it's right from when so when they get saved they have no problem adapting to the Holy Spirit they have no problem with the there is a spiritual side to life and it is quite amazing Um, you know we saw I don't know hundreds of people healed with different things you know blokes that couldn't lift their arms up and now waving them around and and I remember distinctly praying for this one lady and she had a growth on the side of her face and I can still see it to this day and as I was praying for this thing just dropped off like it just fell off now I looked at her later, she still had it, but I knew very well, so certain in my spirit that that thing was going to be healed. You know, they're the sort of experiences that you have going on mission trips. It is, it is just amazing. The other thing that um, that I see is people are just so focused in Brazil and in India. Two different very, two different very experiences. In, in, in India, I would say it was a very spiritual experience. In Brazil, I would say... The love in the brazilians having their church and you'd have to agree was like something you never experience anywhere that i've never seen before um, and they the other two things that i brought back um, they don't get distracted like i can guarantee that the COVID thing the wearing of masks it'll be an inconvenience for them but it will not distract them. they are so focused you know in india you get pastors being killed and beaten up and it doesn't stop them. They just get on with life and the life as they know it, and that's for Jesus. It's just all one focus, and Brazil is exactly the same. But the one thing that in India and in Brazil is dollars equate to souls saved, you know, particularly in India because it's such a poor country. It's not as poor now as it was because they actually have a middle class now because of IT, but, but um, it's, a, it's a culture shock. Coming into an airport, we flew into Chennai, there's people living on the median strips between the cars in the airport. You know, you go down the road and there's just tarps hanging off fences and that's where they're living. We've, we've got no idea in this country and I think this is why they are so focused. Like, they've got nothing but everything is in, in Jesus and what he does for them and, and you know, that's, that's their life. Whereas we have so much distractions over here, I think it just takes us away from it, you know, to be honest. I, and... um. And in Brazil, uh, they're just an amazing, loving, welcoming church. In Brazil, we went over there and... Um, and um, I've got to give it to Pastor Steve. Like, he just ministered. He was a bit of a Holy Spirit animal, I suppose you might say. You know, like, honestly, the things that were coming out of his mouth, we'd never seen in this church, but they believe, you see. They, they have the... the um, They're just so hungry so hungry for what jesus can do for them and you know he there was prophecies that came out and some of those have been fulfilled some haven't yet but um and the thing that i that you bring home is that's all available to us here but we don't see it so then i question why don't we see it and the only thing that comes into my mind is there's there's two things and i heard one coming in this morning was when um the father went to jesus and said one wanted his son to be healed and he said, and Jesus said, if you believe, he will be healed. And he says, I believe. So then the son got healed and he said, help me with my unbelief. So we just need to believe more and more. We need to take that step in, the, in our culture. We have it so well, you know, in India, they tell a story of um, a Western guy went over there and, and he was having this conversation so I will pray for you for this. And the guy says, no, 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 no. We will pray for you because with all your distractions, with all your wealth, you miss what God has for you. And that's what they, they don't miss. They get it, they see it, they have it. In um, Brazil, I'll guarantee they're working more and more in the Holy Spirit there now because of our visit, because that's what we took over. You know, the Holy Spirit really ministered there, and that's not a step that they've taken as much in their church. But uh, it frustrates me, the living daylight's out of me, because we don't see it here. You know, and. I can't answer that question other than it's got to be our belief in our culture so i would see that as a motivating factor and that is motivating me to um that's what i brought home anyway i don't think i'm going to say anymore
0: <laughs> cool thanks ian <laughs> sorry no i just remember i better take that okay thanks ian for that and uh yeah be challenged be encouraged that next time there's a trip when the borders open again um, that we consider uh, going on one of these trips Um, at this point now i'm going to try and call up the guys in brazil and uh, (coughs) hello Hey there.
5: Hello,
0: Pastor Runley. How are you?
5: Oh, how are you? How are you all?
0: Good, good. I've got you on speakerphone, and uh, the congregation can hear you. So, say hello, everyone. Did you hear oh, that? Oh, good.
5: <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh,
0: well, I miss you all. Yeah, we miss you guys too. So, there you go, you can see my lovely face. Can you still hear me?
6: Yeah,
5: yeah,
0: sure. Okay.
6: Hello.
0: So, uh, can you see everyone there? Isn't technology fantastic?
5: Yes, technology, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) all good. So um, how about this? Um, Whoever wins more gold medals at the Olympics, all right, Brazil or Australia, if Australia win more um, gold, you come to Australia. If Brazil win more, we'll come to you. How does that sound? Deal? Shake on. Good. good. How are you Pastor Olivia?
5: Hello.
0: God bless you. She's fine. She's fine, yes.
6: <laughs>
0: Wonderful. So um, guys, uh, as you know this morning we're focusing on mission and uh, so I just want to um, just touch base with you and and just ask you a couple of questions about how you're going. And so I know, I know Brazil has been very challenged through, uh, through the pandemic and things like that. What have you found to be the biggest challenges as a church uh, over the last 12 months?
6: First of all, the good morning
5: for my brothers and sisters from Australia and God bless you
6: all. The greatest uh,
5: challenge we have in this time, uh, the pandemic time, uh, was keeping the church strong, not only in the physical but uh emotional and psychological it was a, a great challenge
6: A pandemia trouxe muito medo para as pessoas, muita ansiedade e o nosso desafio era sempre, é, deixar que a confiança no Senhor fosse gerada nos corações.
5: Uh, pandemic broke. Roads, uh fear and anxiety and the people and uh our challenge uh, we is like keeping the people trusting god uh, the people walking by faith and doesn't matter the pandemic the covid is is a great challenge for us
6: e and palavra ao nosso coração. and jesus uh gave us a, a, a word in our hearts,
5: in the in the psalm, in the psalm, uh, 112, verse 7.
6: Não temerá mais notícias. Seu coração está firme, confiando no Senhor.
5: They have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trust in the Lord.
6: Amém.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, that's good. Okay, so um, I suppose uh, your challenges have been our challenges here in Australia, the same, and uh, so we stand with you, and uh, we'll pray for you, um, and uh, see God move mightily in your in your location. So, with uh, with all of that, uh, can you tell us some stories of of triumph? Um, some of the the praise points of what's happened through your ministry over the last twelve months. are some of the good stories?
5: Is a it's a second second question?
0: Yes, yes. It's good. Uh,
5: second of it.
6: A segunda pergunta fala sobre Jesus has done
5: to many good things in the last twelve months. Por essa razão, nós graças Jesus, porque Jesus fez coisas maravilhosas entre nós.
6: A primeira coisa que a gente viu e a gente quer glorificar o nome do Senhor foi que, mesmo diante das dificuldades financeiras aqui no Brasil, de muitas é, demissões, a gente viu a mão do Senhor sustentando os, no- os irmãos da igreja alguns chegaram até abrir seus próprios negócios
5: prosperaram uh, uh, even the the problems the the economic problems in Brazil too many people unemployed uh, the financial situation in Brazil is not good even this bad situation
6: um, the people from our church uh, nobody need nothing everybody has food has Everything, nothing is is missing. That's so good. Nós mudamos também para um lugar maior. Senhor, nos tirou do lugar onde estávamos e colocou no no lugar melhor, maior, aonde a probabilidade não era para aquele momento, mas o Senhor fez isso e a gente viu a mão do Senhor.
5: And some and some brothers in this pandemic time opened our our business right and uh, we have right now uh, a great and bigger build uh, in in the midst of the the crisis of the pandemic and no one believed about uh, this possibility but jesus said yes i can i can do all
6: the thing amen Nós também glorificamos a Deus, porque alguns irmãos foram curados, curados fisicamente, emocionalmente. Nós é, vimos a mão do Senhor, mesmo nesse momento, fazendo cura para Ele. Nós
5: uh, glorificamos Jesus porque podemos ver in the
6: motion emotional disease, something like that. And we can we can see the, the hand of Jesus above the people. Yeah, too good. Outra coisa que nós glorificamos: é que não tivemos nenhum caso de é, caso sério de convite dentro da igreja, não perdemos nenhum irmão. Deus, ele cuidou da gente de forma poderosa. A misericórdia dele esteve. novos irmãos estavam sem igrejas sem congregar alguns decisões e hoje eles fazem parte dessa família novos irmãos chegaram
5: And finally uh, new brothers uh, arrived in our church some brothers with our church uh, some brothers at uh, distance of the presence um, become uh,
6: for our church and now it belong for our family.
5: In baptisms. And as soon as possible we will have uh, baptized.
0: Amen. That sounds good. Sounds good. Yes. Wonderful. We can
5: can I dance as well?
0: What's that? What did you say? Sorry.
5: Can
0: I dance? No, no, Libya's
5: gone. No. <laughs>
0: no sorry no deal
5: i I love saying to ian without beards he's like a baby
0: oh do you want to see ian yeah he's got no beard and no hair hey
5: hey, please come on
0: he's just telling us about all the wonderful things there he is (laughs)
5: Oh, my God, it's like a baby. That's
0: good. So, can I get you to do me a favour? Can you just ring up your president and tell him to let two Australians... Sorry? Ring up your president, the Brazilian president, and tell him to give me a visa to come to Brazil, all right? All right.
5: Oh, great.
0: We're hanging out. Pastor Rodney. Yes, sir. Uh, Next year,
5: I will see you here in Brazil.
0: All right? Yep. Amen. I look forward (laughs) to it. Get the task already. Uh, uh, Pastor Pastor Olivia want to say a thing to to finish. Yep. Go ahead.
6: Eu quero deixar o meu abraço, o abraço da igreja para todos vocês.
5: Uh, I wanna, I wanna say our love and hurts for everybody there.
6: No nome da igreja.
5: In the name of our church.
6: Dizer que vocês são muito especiais para gente.
5: And you are special for us.
6: E todas as vezes que vocês oram daí, nós sentimos o cuidado do Senhor daqui também.
5: And all the time when we pray for us, we can feel uh, the hand of God in the things here.
6: Amen. I thank to thank God for for your lives, and uh, I wanna I wanna ask to keep in prayer for us. Deus os abençoe. Nós amamos vocês. God bless
5: you all and
6: uh I love you.
0: Love you guys too. look forward to getting back to Brazil. Get my bed ready.
5: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> awesome. So um, just quickly, uh, we're going to pray for you guys. Is there anything specific we, you want us to pray for? Ele perguntando se quer que a gente olhe por alguma coisa
5: específica. Assim, assim pelas uh, famílias,
6: pelas famílias, pelas famílias e casamentos especificamente, for the families
5: and the couples, and our church, for the, for the couples,
6: e com todos os planos que nós temos colocar diante de Deus para a igreja,
5: and uh, all the plans and uh, we have to fazer, uh, God
6: that God came true for this plans, for these dreams.
5: And God gave, uh, gave the
6: path, and the right, right. and God gave, gave us the, the path, and God
5: can open the door for us.
6: And for my health.
0: Awesome. Okay, we will do that. Um, once we finish this call, we'll pray for you, all right? Okay, all right. God bless you guys. We're gonna get going, but um, thank you. What time is it there? Uh, it's uh,
5: 2022 20,
0: and 21 So 20 past 10. 10 20 past 10 at night. Yeah, well, thank you for staying up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. enjoy your sleep tonight and um <laughs> Say hello to our brothers and sisters in your service tomorrow. Tell them we love them and uh, we're thinking of you all.
5: Okay, Pastor. Thank you.
0: All right. God bless. Oh.
5: God everyone, bless you.
0: Everyone wants to give you a kiss. Hi. There you go. Can you see them all? Okay, guys. Love yous. Thank you. Love you best, so ciao. See ya, bye. Alright, there you turn this off? Hey, are you still there? Not nah, cool. Nah, call finished. Why are you laughing? That's why we've got an IT team, so I don't have to know how to do these things. That's all good. Well, guys, you, um, we're going to pray for these guys now. So, and then I'm going to call on some other mission team members to come and pray for our other work around. So, um, let's pray for the guys in in Brazil. Uh, pray for their families and their their couples, and that their work continue um, through these tough times. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're able to just through um, technology be able to encourage one another. Lord, I thank you for. Uh, Igor and Pastor Olivia, I thank you for their families, Lord, that you keep them strong, Lord, and protected from any um, any virus. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Brazil Church, Lord, that we are able to stand strong with them, Lord, and uh, encourage one another. We pray, Father, that every need is met in the name of Jesus, Um, every material need, every spiritual need, Father, um, is able to be fulfilled In the wonderful name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, for both Pastor Olivia and and Lewis, Lord, and um, Igor and Danny and and the family there. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to call Meredith back now. She's going to pray for our work in India. And then I'll get Carla. She's going to pray for our compassion work.
3: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you now our brothers and sisters in India. India has been going through COVID in such a terrible, terrible way. In a way that we can't imagine with the numbers of people and the lack of access to health care and the inability to shut down, the inability inability to lock down, the inability to isolate. Lord, we just lift up in particular all the staff and the students of the World Mission Faith Training School at Siliguri. We ask that you would refresh their faith, that you would keep them strong, that you would keep them healthy, that you would keep them... Able to procure food and services despite everything. We ask that their work would continue. That their passion would stay alive. Not to stay alive, but grow and be strong. So that their work in Assam and Naxalbari and, and Impal and the other places that they are reaching out to can continue, and that your, your mighty power will reign and will be seen to be far greater than anything that the Hindu gods or the Buddhist gods or the other gods can do. You are mightier, Lord. Lord. And you are being brought to these people by the the missionaries being trained in the training school. Please honour their sacrifice. Please just enable Pastor James and Mum Mary and Pastor Rosalind and Pastor Lisa and Lucky and all the others to keep strong and grow in their faith. We also lift up Rahab House of Hope in Delhi. We lift up Sister Eunice and her husband. We lift up the um, house mother and her family. We lift up the staff. And we lift up the girls. The girls who've been rescued from the sex trade. The girls whose lives are being put back together through the love of Jesus. Keep them safe too, Lord. And keep them strong and full of hope that they will go forward and realise true lives that you have for them the plans that you have for each one of us under Jer- as your word says in Jeremiah 29 11 we just pray that for those people that we've been honoured to connect with in India and we pray that your work would continue we pray that our hearts will continue to grow in this area too Lord we thank you for the privilege of knowing them. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the resources that we have so much of that we can share and extend to others. Thank you, Lord, for growing our capacity. And thank you for the love that you shower on us. Amen.
0: Amen. Where's Carla?
7: I might just stand up here because I want to open my Bible. Um, Just to let you guys know, um, if you were planning on coming to the writing event today but you forgot your paper and stuff, don't worry because I've got extra. So come along anyway. (laughs) Um, But I felt, I was reading Psalm 140 the the other day and I thought um, I'd like to read this for part of my prayer, um, for compassion, for their work, for the children that they work with and their families. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Protect me from men of violence who devise evil plans in their hearts and stir up war every day. They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from the men of violence who plan to trip my feet. Proud men have hidden a snare for me. They have spread out the cords of their net and have set traps for me along my path. O Lord, I say to you, you are my God. Hear, O Lord, my cry for mercy. O sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer, who shields my head in the day of battle. Do not grant the wicked pits never to rise. Let slanderers not be established in the land. May disaster hunt down men of violence. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live before you. So, Father God, I just I think of um, all the compassion kids around the world and their families, and, um, Lord, I think about them at this time in this COVID period and how many um, places have been locked down, Lord, and that some of these kids are actually in families where they are with violent, um, evil people. And we pray for your protection, Lord, and we pray that um, these evil people won't be able to keep being mean to these kids, and I just pray for your hand um, to be upon them. Lord, I pray for all the staff in Compassion around the world. I pray for wisdom and guidance as they um, continue to minister to the children in their programs um, and their families. Um, Lord, even though they can't visit them um, in some areas at this time, I just pray that you would give them ideas and solutions in how they can continue to um, minister to the families I thank you Lord for every um, every person in Australia and in the other countries Lord that um, sponsor these children I pray that you'll bless them I pray Lord that uh, you would put on their hearts to write to these children father to um, uplift them during this time to encourage them to minister to them through the word by sending scriptures to their children, Lord. And I thank you for today and being able to um, have this time this afternoon to write to our children. I I pray that you will bless that time, Lord, and that our letters will get to the kids and that you would minister to them and their families at this time. I thank you, Lord, that you care for the needy, that you love the poor, and I thank you that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for all those men and women who serve these children around the world. Um, yeah, we, I thank you for the churches on the ground in those countries. I thank you, Lord, that they know um, they know their communities, they know what these families need, and we're just so blessed that you have them in those countries, Lord. Um, being able to minister to our kids. And I just pray, Lord, that you will help us not to forget our children. Lord, that you would put them on our hearts to pray for them every day and, um, and to continue to write letters to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank <coughs> okay, thanks, Carla. There
0: you go. All right. Part of our missions uh, focus for this morning is taking up a missions offering. Um, and you know, I, I really want to encourage you. Don't see this as, oh, I've got to give more money. But see it as us honouring those that are on the ground. Now, as a church, we partner uh, with many people around the world who are going places where we do not physically go. Okay, They're doing the work that we do not physically do ourselves. So, you know, don't see it as having to give more money, but see it as partnering um, what the work of the CRC is doing around the world, in the name of our Lord Jesus. We're just going to show a short uh, video clip um, to where this specific uh, offering is going, and then I'm going to ask Jan to come and pray for it, and if I could also ask a couple of ushers to uh, grab uh, a bag, and you know, there's two ways. If you come prepared and you've brought money with you, then please just um, after Jan has finished praying, just come and put the money in the bag. Uh, if you want to give online, uh, we will show you a slide later on uh, with the details on that. So, But first, let's go to that video. Thanks.
7: this year for our national missions giving day we're going to be taking up an offering for the Colombo project this was a project that was started several years ago as an investment into the country of Sri Lanka so let's finish what we started and look to the future for what God wants to do through our movement in that country.
4: On the 25th of July, we're having a National Missions Day where we're all to, as a movement, we're coming together to focus on missions. We'd love you to be part of it. It's a great opportunity for us to just have missions across our movement and every church. There's going to be heaps of information coming away. Um, the, the focus this, uh, on the 25th of July, is the Colombo project and finishing what we've started there. And also on the, the 22nd of July, the Thursday before that, We've got an awesome opportunity just to come together in prayer, we've designated that as a national day of prayer for the CRC. So we'll be praying together, there'll be a whole heap of prayer points and stuff coming your way. So let's finish what we started.
0: Hi everyone, I endorse what Jody and uh, Pastor Jeremy have said in finishing the project that we started in uh, Sri Lanka, the building there and the finishing off of it. And I'd also like to mention in relation to the prayer time for missions on the Thursday to remember all of those that have been locked down for 18 months, nearly two years through COVID and our need to pray for them. So let's do what we can do at this particular time. Hi
5: CRC family. I want to encourage you in relation to the movement-wide special missions offering at the end of July. We want to pay off the remaining $120,000 to $30,000 in relation to the Sri Lanka project that we were involved in. It's been 10 years and we want to draw a line under it at the end of July, finish it off this year, encourage you to pray, to give, to support it individually and collectively as local churches. We did it for Papua New Guinea in the 1990s. We did it in the Philippines, a movement-wide project, and now we've done it for uh, Sri Lanka, Colombo. And so thank you for your generosity so far, and let's finish off this thing by the end of July this year.
4: God bless you.
8: Okay, if the ashes could come up the front, thanks. If you're prepared today to um, put a donation into the offering bag for the missions uh, today, good, but otherwise you can either give to uh, that one up there and uh, just put missions, and um, it'll all go towards finishing off this Colombo project that we started off a few years ago. Thank you. Right now, I'll just pray while you come up. Uh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for the ability for us to earn money in this country, Lord. You've given us this wonderful land of Australia, Lord, and given us skills to work and to earn money. And we can give towards this project and other projects, Lord, to further your, your love and um, spread the mighty word of Jesus in this nation, in this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Thanks, Jan. If I can just give a quick testimony uh, in relation to giving. Um, our God is faithful to his word. And um, you might remember a month or so ago, we um, started a, a campaign um, with Pastor Steve, Steve was talking about sowing a seed into our future as a church. And um, as Janice and I both reflected upon this, uh, we were thinking, you know, what can we sew into this? And uh, at the time, uh, one of our great needs was uh, my ute that I'd bought last year sometime. Um, what happened was that, um, unbeknownst to me at the time, was that that particular model uh, was have, having engine problems and that the engine would overheat. It was a design fault in the engine, um, but the block would warp and that would, um, you know, and so it would fail the compression chest, so it kept overheating. And I didn't know this at the time that I bought it, but obviously I found out later on when we tried to take it on a two-hour trip in 40 degree heat. It, uh, we made it to Ambley, and, and the needle went straight up to hot. Um, but, um, and so through a number of conversations with mechanics and that, and uh, a good friend, uh, Edgar, in Sydney, um, it was told that it was going to cost us about $10,000 to fix. And I thought, oh, man, we don't really have 10 grand to, to pay for this. But anyway, yeah, we'd already outlaid, I think, 17000 for the year. I didn't really want to spend the extra money. So Jonas and I talked about it and we said, you know what? We're going to sew in what they've quoted us um, believing that God will make a way for this Ute to be fixed. And so we made that commitment um, to the church campaign and then I think it was last week, last week I we got a phone call from uh, the service guys at Mitsubishi and uh, they told me, they said, Rod, we put in a, a claim for your Ute, and they've, they've uh, given us a go-ahead to replace the engine in that. So I, I really <laughs> praise God for that, that Yeah, what we were able to sow in, God was able to repay in that. And so we will get a new engine uh, in my ute, uh, courtesy of Mitsubishi. And God gets the glory and, you know, the kingdom gets the finances that it needs. So I praise God for that. But to share that, just to say that, you know, we we give in faith. And we give knowing that God gives back. And so let me encourage you with that testimony as I share that today. Where are my glasses? I've got different spots where I put my glasses. So, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, so God bless. Let's share. Just let me share a very short message uh, in relation to missions, and. Um, going to come from the book of Acts. So if you've got your Bibles or your devices, please turn to the book of Acts and we're going to quickly skim through that. Now I love the book of Acts. I've read it a number of times. Who here has read the book of Acts from chapter 1 to chapter 20 something? Okay. I've read it multiple times because I get such encouragement from reading what these guys did both men and women, what they did in faith and in Following the mandate of Jesus, right from the start of uh, Acts, we see a mandate and a plan laid down by Jesus. And these guys in faith, they, they move forward knowing that God was going to honour them as they honoured him. So, praise God for that. So, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus gives a mandate but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So my question to you is, who is the you? Not the female sheep. It is us, me and you. So just as Jesus was speaking to those that were hearing him on that day, Jesus is speaking to us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. And we're going to explore that a little bit this morning. And now, we, most of us have read the account in chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. Chapter 2, verse 5. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of the Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Tigra and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Some however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And we read on from that where he talks about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see that they were cut to the heart and that many of them converted and began believing in Jesus Christ. But the point here is that they started in their Jerusalem. Okay, um, These were Jews from the country of, or the county of uh, Galilee, that region. But basically they were Hebrew Jews and they were speaking to their own. They were speaking to Jews. The Jews had gathered as part of a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for Pentecost. And so they were there, Jews speaking to Jews. It was a monocultural evangelism. It's like us doing outreach here. Okay? If we go to different parts of Griffith or different parts of Australia, we are speaking to our own culture. We're speaking to our own people. So that's a monocultural evangelism. Missiologists call it E1 evangelism. Okay, we're speaking to our own. We're the same people, we understand the same concepts. Okay, we, we can um, you know, speak in our, in our own language. And I didn't realise this until I went to countries like Papua New Guinea and India and Brazil that we speak in so many colloquial terms, so much slang. You know, that The interpreters, I'm speaking the way and the interpreters look at me with this sort of... <laughs> How do I say that in my <laughs> language? I don't know. But it just goes to show how we just speak in terms that are foreign to people of other cultures. And I'm sure that's not just Australian culture, it's, it's worldwide, I understand that. But it makes us realise that we speak a certain language and we understand you know, the terminology that we use in that. And so here they are, Hebrew Jews talking to Jews. Okay. And we see that as Peter spoke, Many were convicted and gave their hearts to Jesus. And then we read through into Acts six. In those days, chapter one, oh chapter six, sorry, verse one, in those days when the numbers of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Now this was not some sort of elitism. Okay? It was not saying, you know, we're too important to serve people. It was not the heart and intent of the Apostles the intent was to ensure the care of everyone that was becoming part of this uh, you know, fledgling uh, community of believers in Jesus Christ. It was expanding the ministry of the word from the apostles to, the, to other people. and We see that you know, waiting on tables and serving others is not some you know, bogan job, it's very important because we know that these men were filled, were men of faith, okay, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. So I really want to encourage you from this scripture to see that when we have a task or a role to play in the body of Christ, you know, don't just see that the people preaching are the important ones and the rest of us, well, we're just the lackeys that got to do all the, all the rubbish work. No, see it that we are all part of the body. We are all important in our roles, and in our tasks, okay? Even if you think that you're just a nail on your little finger, okay, it doesn't matter. It's still important. <coughs> As each part does its work, Ephesians tells us, the whole body is built up in unity, into the head, that is Christ Jesus. But can I encourage you from this, that don't just, you know, don't think that, uh, you know, they're just the elite bunch, they do all the important work. It is not the heart and intent I've been asked to serve in the body of Christ. The intent is that we all work together. Okay? Whether you're the arm or the little finger or the big toe, it doesn't matter. It's all part of the one body, all called to one mission. So we see there that they created in their cultural context an indigenous group and the reason being that the, Greece, you know, the Grecian Jews were being left behind. There was, um, was a complaint that they weren't being looked after as well as the Hebraic Jews. And so if you see that these people who were called out, that were picked, were from that Grecian group, okay? it was an indigenous group called out to look after their own people. Very important point we consider when we look at the ministry of the church and how we function within our own subcultures, that we are, God has placed us in certain areas that we can only we can express the love of God in that area. And so let me encourage you in that. Um, and it says there that these brothers um, were full of spirit and wisdom. So this proposal pleased the whole group, verse 5 said. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Uh, Prochorus, Nicanor, Hymn, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. So we see there that as the body worked together, with love and care for their own people, that the word of God spread. I believe it wasn't just the, word, the spoken word. It was the word that was being shared through people's actions. The word being shared by the life lived by these people. And they were able to present the gospel not just in words but in action as well. Sorry, oh, my nose is running. Can you just turn down the mic for a sec? That's better. Okay, so uh, can we see that? You know, it's important to reach out to our own where God has placed us. So whether it's in the workplace or in, in the schools or, you know, in your community groups, wherever you find yourself, it is your actions that speak the word of God. Uh, it's not talking about being an intellect where we know the Bible and we can, you know, we can debate theology and all this sort of stuff. No, it's, Debunk that myth. It is about the expression of the word of God that is in you through your actions to other people. Now, Ian spoke about uh, the love that was shared in Brazil. I mean, that spoke heaps to him and it spoke heaps to me that they were able to show that love, and that's what warmed people to the gospel to the word of God. So, let's take encouragement from this that as they showed uh, the love of Christ through their action and through looking after one another and building each other up. It says that the word of God spread and their numbers increased rapidly. Okay? Sometimes we think we have to have this year Butte evangelistic campaign to win you know, our people to salvation. But it's not the case. I think it's more important that we as a church body show love to our community. That's what will win people to Jesus. I believe that. Praise God. So we continue into Acts 8. Verse 1, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned him deeply. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women, put them in prison, and those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. If you continue on in that story, I'm not going to read it all. You see he had great success in sharing um, about the death and resurrection of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many came to believe in that word. But it also shows that you know, when we're being pushed, sometimes it's because of our own stubbornness. Okay? God had given the apostles a mandate. And we see that the apostles had stayed in Jerusalem Okay, for whatever reason, I'm not judging them, but it's just they had not followed the mandate of Jesus to go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But here we see that persecution pushed them out and forced them to undertake the journeys that were needed to fulfill the mandate of Jesus. And sometimes we think that, you know, if we, under great persecution, you know, if we feel we're being pushed out, that somehow God is against us, but it actually might be Him just you know, just gently prodding you to keep moving, keep moving out, keep exploring, keep seeing where you can have a difference in someone's life. So I want to encourage you through this scripture that don't see that, that when you have times of trouble that somehow God is against us or that you know, we're not following God's plan. We're actually being gently guided, and sometimes not so gently, to fulfil, to fulfil the mission of Jesus. And so we see that they stepped out of Jerusalem and they've gone to Judea and Samaria. Okay? And we see the first um, mention of Paul, or Saul, as he was known before his conversion. And so Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And just as revival was happening, you know, he was having great success. But then all of a sudden God said, Hey, Philip, um, you can go now. And where most of us would say, No, God, it's happening. You know, I'm successful here. You know, I'm making a name for myself. I'm not going anywhere else. God was saying, Hang on. I want you to go out. I want you to go to a certain part, and there I'll show you what to do. And So in Acts 8, 27, it says, so he started out, he's talking about Philip. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the, all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he was obviously a proselyte, okay, someone who was not born Jew but had converted to Judaism. He had gone to Jerusalem in part of his pilgrimage. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. And Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So again, we know that if you continue that story, that he believed and he was baptised at that very moment. And some say he went back to Ethiopia and he, he himself became an evangelist for Christ in his country um, that's what history and commentaries tell us so again we see that pushing out the ripple effects of the word okay it's one of the, the reasons we have the ripples in our logo with the cross central but the ripples you know going out in our Jerusalem in our Judea in our Samaria and to the ends of the earth And so we see Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria now being evangelized for Jesus. But what about the rest of the world? Okay, well we see there in Acts ten, we see the story of Peter. Now Peter was a Jew through and through. And so God had to do something radical to break through his mentality of of the divide between Jews and Gentiles. So the story goes that Peter had a vision. And God said to him, don't call anything that I have made clean, unclean. And he also told him that there would be a man coming to look for him and he's going to go to that man, go with that man, All right, back to uh, his own household and share the word of God there. It was such a radical thought for Peter that God had to speak clearly through a vision. So when this man turned up, Peter said, oh yes, this is what God will show me, I will go with this man. And we pick up the story in, um, in Acts 10. The next day, Peter started out with them, verse 23. And some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius, good Roman name. Yes, Cornelius, was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You're well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. They are still struggling with this concept that he was a Jew in a Gentile house. And you are often going to find yourself in places where you feel uncomfortable, whether through your your upbringing or what you think about yourself. Um, we will often find times where we feel uncomfortable but don't feel again that that is something that you have to feel comfortable every time to share the love of God and to share what God has placed on your heart be encouraged be full of faith that wherever you find yourself you can share what God has revealed to you Peter was still feeling a bit uncomfortable but he in faith kept moving forward Um, But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, in verse 29 of chapter 10, I came without raising an objection. May I ask why you sent me? And then Cornelius tells about his vision. Okay, I'm not going to go through it all. Um, We'll pick it up again in In verse forty five. So Peter shares the good news about Jesus' death and resurrection. In verse forty-five or oh, forty-four, I'm sorry, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Again, I just get this picture that I still hadn't got it, and you know sometimes we feel we are unqualified to share the word of God because we don't get it. But these guys had not got it yet, because they were astonished that God would move in a certain way. God would outpour the Holy Spirit even on these Gentiles, these dirty, rotten Gentiles. Come on, we're the chosen ones. We're the nation of Israel. We're God's favorite, not these scumbags. Okay, that was the attitude, that was the mentality. But they were astonished that God would even pour out upon them. So you can see that you know, sometimes our head's a bit like this, aren't we? Let's not just look at these guys, let's look at ourselves. I know sometimes my head can be that hard that God has to keep knocking. Okay, and sometimes backhander. But it was so radical to Peter that God had to give him a clear vision. And it was so radical that even that, when it happened that the Jerusalem church called him to account. My mic's going to over place here. And he had to explain to you know, the believers in Jerusalem why he had acted that way. Um, In Acts 11, verse 1, the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticised him. They were critical. He was, again, hard heads still not seeing the plan of God, and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. And Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. You know what I get from this? Sometimes we can be so critical of our brothers and sisters because they're doing uh, something that we don't feel, um, you know, well, I wouldn't do that. And my understanding of the word of God, I wouldn't do that. And we can be so critical of one another. Come on, let's be honest. And we will judge actions of our brothers and sisters. And unfairly at times, most times, yeah, but we're not called to judge one another, the word tells us. We're called to encourage and to lift up and support. And see that as we all work together, we're all built up. And yes, now you guys might not do something the same as me. That's cool. Because I'm me and you're you. And if you're going to try and be me, well, good luck. <laughs> Yeah, and if I'm going to try and be you, yeah. fail. It's not what we're called to do. We're called to you know, be Christ to one another. Not to imitate each other, but to be imitators of Christ. So can I encourage you in that? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then. You almost see the arrogance in this statement. So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Wow. And then we move into Acts 11. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen travelled as far as Bersinia. I didn't know say that right anyway. You can say it however you like. Uh, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also and tell them good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord hands was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So Antioch was in Gentile country. Okay, So they'd moved past the Jews, and they're now starting to share the good news with, um, with Gentiles. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and with all their hearts. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. In the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas Simeon, Cornelius, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Namion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them." But after they had prayed, and, prayed and fasted, prayed and fasted, they placed their hands on them and set them off. And so here we see the the concept that church are sending out missionaries. Church is now as the body of Christ, local churches are, are sending out missionaries. And and we as a church follow this pattern that we are calling people that if they feel they're called to the mission field, that we support and encourage and help train them and push them out into the mission field. Okay, and we see that here in Antioch. And from there Paul undertakes his missionary travels. Paul went on three missionary travel, missionary journeys, and uh, we see that in Acts 13. From there, Paul and his companions went to Seleucia, then Cyprus, Salamis, Haphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus, good Roman name there. And there they went to Perga and Pamphylia. From Perga they went on the Pisidian. In Acts 14, verse 1. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. And they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. And the people of the city were divided, some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. And there was a, pl- there was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and they fled the ly- Lycanian cities of Lystra and Derby and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Again, we see that persecution, okay, is sometimes used to fulfil plans of God. And so, you know, I know for, for many people when they face persecution, they give up. They stop doing what they've been called to do. And, um, and again, I refer back to Ian's testimony that you know, they were so focused that when they faced persecution it didn't deter them from doing what they had been called to do. And I want to encourage us, brothers and sisters that you know, when you face times of trials don't give up doing what God has called you to do but keep pushing, keep pushing forward and uh, you will see God do wonderful things through your faithfulness. You're able to, despite your circumstances, keep going and keep moving in the things of God has for your heart, for you, in your life. Um, and then we keep going. I won't go through that, but um, let's go to Acts 14 in verse um, 22. So Paul and Barnabas. Um, I keep travelling and it says that they returned to Lystra, Echinium and Antioch, strengthening disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in each of their churches and with prayer and fast committed them to the Lord, in whom they had put their trust. And after going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. From Atalia they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. So we see the full circle. They had been sent out from Antioch, and they went around the countryside like the Leyland brothers, okay, some of you are too young to know the Leyland brothers, okay, but then they returned back to Antioch and they, they gave an account. They gave an account of their travels. And it's important, guys, we give an account, we give testimony of what God has done when we have gone through um, on these journeys that God has sent us to. And I encourage you, you know, if God is sending you into your workplace and asking you to be the light of Christ in that, that to come back and report it to the church so that we can be all encouraged and be all uh, you know, lifted up and, and say, yeah, we can do this as well. But don't keep testimonies to yourself. Don't keep the goodness of what God is doing through you as testimonies to yourself. But as others, you know, say, I don't want to brag. I'm not a bragger. Well, you're only bragging if you talk about yourself. But if you're talking about what God is doing through you, then we're giving glory to God, are we not? Hello? Hello? <laughs> And their hearts heads dear Lord. Now <laughs> so let's give glory to God when we're able to. So Paul returns from his trips. I want to encourage you to read the book of Acts and see the wonderful work of mission through faithful men and women who are able to overcome and push through no matter what the circumstance were in their life. Now Paul was stoned He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. You can read all about that in the book of Acts. And yet he persevered. Now Paul's an extraordinary figure. And I would dare say that none of us here would ever have to experience what Paul experienced. But you know, when we're in tough times, it feels real enough to us, doesn't it? I know when I'm going through tough times, I can have a whinge myself. I know you don't believe that, but let me say it's true. Okay. But we've got to keep turning to God and say, God, in your strength, I can push you. I can overcome. I can keep doing what you've called me to do. Because God does not revoke the gift from your life. He doesn't give it to you in the good times and in tough times saying, no, that's all right, I'll take that back and give it to someone else. No. We are given our gifts and we're meant to use it no matter what circumstances we're going through in our own lives. So can I encourage you in that? To know what God has called you to. To share the love of Christ. And again, don't feel you are disqualified because you don't know enough of the Bible. Or you're not trained in theology. Or you don't have a diploma in biblical concepts. No, God has planted something in in our lives. Gospels tell us that we will be known as disciples of Christ because of our love for one another. It is a key concept. That we might know it up here, but we know it in here, in our heart. To love one another. Not be put in a place, none of us are called to be a judge. None of us are called to be God's advisors. Although some of us act that way. You know, God, if it was me, I'd be doing it this way. God's got it under control. He knows the beginning from the end. And we are merely to walk in faith in what God has called us to do. Can I encourage us to honour one another, honour one another, love one another, appreciate one another, come together with one another, united in heart, being able to share the love of God, no matter where your context is, or no matter where God has put you. I think that's a take-home message from what we're sharing this morning. That we are united as one. God has put each member in the body just as he wanted it. He didn't make a mistake. Okay? He doesn't change his mind. But can we see that whether we're the eyeball, the ear, or the little nail on your little finger, we are all part of one body called to love our community. Whether it's in our region, in our country or internationally. Let's share the love of Christ that works through us. I think that's uh, an easy enough concept to understand, sometimes a bit harder without work. And I'll leave you with that this morning as I finish in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that through the book of Acts you have shown us what it is and how it is to share the gospel Lord, that we can love one another through every circumstance. That we can uh, allow your work to flow through us. Lord, even though we don't fully understand it, even though we can hold on to old concepts, Lord, we see that the same happened with the early church, Lord. That they were holding on to their own beliefs, but you were still able to work mightily through them. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that uh, even the hardest of our heads can can be softened to see what you're doing in our midst. And Lord, to recognise the hand of God upon our lives and upon our church and upon the work that you have called us to do. So Father, bless us as we go, as we meditate upon the book of Acts, Lord, and see the wonderful work of the early church. Let us be encouraged to continue this, Lord, as I believe that the book of Acts is not finished, but is continually being written. So Father, thank you for these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.